This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast for the 11th of February. It's almost Valentine, I guess, but uh, we don't do that kind of thing, so how is my co-host Dave? <laughs> oh, I got you a card and some chocolates and some roses and everything, and now I'm destroyed. Uh, oh. I'm fine, thank you. Are we expecting those chocolates then? That's great. <laughs> my wife will be happy. <laughs> no, 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 it's too late now. You've ruined it. Oh, dang. <laughs> but this only comes out... Uh, no, too, nah, that doesn't work. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> Let's re-record this then. Nope, we can't because we're no. not alone. We're not. We have part two of our session with uh, Nicholas Thomas, uh, who's come to school us on NFV and SDN. So let's, uh, unless there's anything from else from you, we can cut right into it. I uh, know. I learned a, lot, a couple of things from this interview, so I hope it's uh, interesting for our audience as well. And uh, please, uh, audience, uh, send us your feedback. If you like this, want more of this, deeper, higher, abstraction layer, whatever, let us know and we will, uh, we will provide. That's what works, right? Pretty much. Over to Nicholas now. One of the concerns that's you know have been mentioned, I think you know you actually mentioned before we even started recording, was the just the nature of things, the sheer volume of not only um, you know data that is transferred over these networks, but the amount of therefore data that these things produce in terms you know just to do their jobs um and the amount of therefore also logging that those things create um is you know many many orders of magnitude uh higher than uh than the industry has been used to you know if you look if you look at the um you know the the previous generation of infrastructure if you wanted to find out what was going on you'd you know you've got a very limited number of you know dials and bells and whistles that you can kind of play with to find out you know and it's whatever was built into that device you know back 10 years ago when it was first designed whereas you know switching on you know various elements of debugging again is just like a uh, an API call or a command line argument away and all of a sudden you've got this this massive deluge of data and all of a sudden people are just drowning in in things unable to work out actually now they've got too much data and they're struggling to work out what what's going right. on so yeah how how's that kind of shifted it's shifted exactly the way you said uh, <laughs> you, you uh, take take probably trying to to get a more a comprehensive example uh, just just take one yeah. router for example imagine you have one famous brand router uh, that generate logs you well known logs for that router you move to vms uh, so you still have the logs of that router plus the logs of your sdn layer the logs of your uh, infrastructure of your uh, yas the logs of your uh, other stuff, and then every network is a virtual network, so it's running on a non-delay network, and and you have VPNs in all other directions, etc. If you ever try to just manually do an IPsec VPNs, uh, no, imagine and, and and debug one that's not working uh, with all the routes that goes on top of it. Not even talking BGP yet. 
Now imagine the service providers, they have thousands and millions of those and, and, and software changing all the rules and all the routes and everything all the time. The amount of complexity in the logs is literally exploding. Uh, so in, it, it's, they, the operators uh, have data scientists and have data scientist practice because of this. Um, in addition to the regulatory man mandatory log uh, retention of those logs for um, forensic reasons, so it's it's enormously uh, impacting and was not necessarily uh, foresee or not foresee as that dramatic in that sense. Um, mm. But uh, also from a human perspective, when you have to debug, uh, you. Previously, you had logs from your well-known brand. And now, your problem can be at any level of that stack uh, distributed across multiple elements and distributed across uh, regions. Uh, so, it's much, much, much harder to, <laughs> to debug things now. Uh, have the, has the industry developed their own tools to make that easier? Or are they more leveraging tools that already exist for other use cases? There is no other use cases. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is built uh, speci especially so, spec. Do, 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 there, there probably is. Uh, the, only, the only one I, I can think of uh, who, who may have the same type of issues are the public clouds. Mm -hmm. and, and they probably don't uh, share those tools. Uh, operation tools yeah. from an operators are gold that, that that's their um that's their uh essence so it it, it, it there is um, there is a lot of research on that uh, i'm not that much into it but it, it, there is a lot and uh and, and and it relates pretty well to security uh, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of security is done uh especially when you start to have um You can you can check what Casbys are, uh, cloud brokers. Uh, Fortinet do, do that. Uh, we usually uh, tap into the public cloud logs uh, to be able to see if we can detect someone else trying to do nasty things. Uh, that's not uh, necessarily uh, uh, there, and um, and the security industry is is, is running on. We, 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 you can lose an entire network if we get the logs. We can figure out what, what happened more 90% of the time. Uh, if we don't have the logs, nothing can happen. So we, we, it's, it's really very important to uh, security people to log things properly uh, and, and to be able to tap into those volumes of data. It, it's a very complex, interesting challenge, but uh, the more you distribute, the more you stack different technology and platforms, the, the more complex and the, the more it's needed. So there is a, a lot to do still on those things because we, yeah, the, the, the tools are pretty probably in their infancy. Uh, or there are very dedicated spe specialist tools I don't know about. <laughs> hmm. 
in the in the past has been i mean not just with the <coughs> excuse me not just with the telecom uh, but across all appliance providers people didn't really want to share their logs because it was as you said their their internal value let's say recently with uh, much more i mean open source has a, an influence there i guess but people have to cooperate to integrate more so we see more logs become available for ingesting somewhere else and do something fun with it do we see the same thing happening in uh, in this industry where they also open up their logs a bit more because in the past uh, when i worked at uh, in my data center job that wasn't always the, the easiest thing to get our hands on and as you say to to really be able to secure your environment completely having those logs available the other logs available to the network uh, the, the departments and vice versa it's not, it's always a good thing right I, I would say um, sharing and integrating different tools to share logs is getting much better. Mm-hmm. Even even uh, even things as critical as security. Mm-hmm. So um, especially for um, uh, security operation socks, uh, we 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 have tools called CM. Uh, which are major uh, log collectors and analyzers. Mm-hmm. Um, even between competitors, we have ways to allow log to be shared, but the logs belongs to the users and the end customers mm-hmm. of those tools. Uh, and and sometimes they, they contain very critical information. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to share that. Um, a, a little bit less than less into NAVSD and more in security realm. Um, <clears throat> we do share information. Uh, pe- people not in the industry sometimes don't realize that, but uh, we share uh, threat uh, threat intelligence. Uh, we fortunately is, is is a funding member of the Cyber Threat Alliance, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and we share information about the malware, the CVEs. Uh, Etc. Between between us, because I, if someone finds something, they tell the others, and then we 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 try to get better together. So uh, it's it's not necessarily what people perceived. Uh, security people by job needs to be a bit paranoid <laughs> and secretive. Uh, that's what you expect. Um, and and we probably don't have enough of those <laughs> treats in, in in the world, uh, but uh, uh, we also uh, find ways to share uh, meaningful information and useful information to protect the people. So it's it's very important. That's great to hear because uh, I do know a couple of uh, as they've called them legacy vendors that uh, still have that uh, black box approach and. Uh, it, it really limits me in my daily life, so happy to hear that that is changing. <laughs> yes, it's, um, I I can't I can't speak for them. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, That's why I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the, the, at, at least we try. Uh, sometimes we can't. Uh, there, yeah. there, 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 are, there are reasons not to. But if if you if you find no other reasons than trying to sell you another product it's it's probably a bad uh, a bad sign mm-hmm. on your choices yeah, yeah, yeah. so during during this you've mentioned um 5g a couple of times as as being you know one of the one of the areas of technology that that's made 
or taken advantage of of these uh, these developments. You know, have have IPv6 and 5G have they been catalysts? Have they made this easier? Have they made this more difficult? Or are these just kind of all technologies that are hitting people all at the same time? What's what's the correlation or causation there? From a technical point of view, IPv6 is, is mm. almost as old as me. Uh, <laughs> probably not, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I studied IPv6 and AI in school and and it was more than twenty years ago, so the, the, those things were not that, are not that that new. Um, so from from a technology point of view, doesn't it doesn't change much? Five uh, G probably a bit more because um, really it's the especially the five G architecture. There is there is uh, two aspects, um, two chapter to five G. One is the antennas and the massive uh, massive amount of data and and super high microwave frequencies that can be used. Uh, in many cases, they will be used to do fixed uh, networks uh, with a very good bandwidth. Um, so. Is, is the way to do a radio point-to-point communications, basically. Uh, because digging holes and maintaining the infra is, is very expensive. Um, in other ways, it just helps in the mo- mobility sense, etc. But that, that is antenna, spectrum, etc. There is another aspect, is the architecture. And yeah. it, the architecture really embraces uh, the uh, API HTTP and the lesson learns from a massive uh, telcos, cl- uh, massive clouds, uh, and and uh, and benefits from there. But to me, the main aspect is commercial. Um, when we when we started NAV in two thousand ten eleven, the main driver was to be able to run the same old software on new. Uh, on your hardware. You have to remember, you have to figure out, go back 10 years, some of that software was monoprocessor written for a 286 uh, (laughs) CPU. I even saw 16-bit one. You can't, even in 2010, you could not buy the piece and parts for your appliance anymore. So that, that was the driver, initial driver. Then the clouds came in. Um, and the, the full API and uh, NSDN and everything combined um, makes things very happening. Complex to, to, to put together, but very, very uh, interesting and appealing. But the, the number of actual uh, NAV network, NAV infra, some vendor could deploy on was and still is small, mm. which means where is the incentive for re-architecting your software and your network functions uh, into the new paradigm. You will have to spend, you have to go to your boss, justify something like 2 million budget to re-architect your software and and make no sales. 
it's it's a it's it's difficult and it, it, it to me that is the cornerstone why uh, you have those complaints of the vienna vendor are not following etc and 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 to be honest the the one who really did change the architecture and make their vm super efficient etc are the ones who also sell to public clouds hmm. because then then they have a market a market that's growing so fast that uh, it augments the but just a market yeah <laughs> just revenues to justify the cost of change uh with 5g you are the those vendors have the opportunity they have to reduce the stuff anyway mm-hmm. because move to die from the diameter to http so you have to change which means sneaking in uh changing to containers kubernetes uh, native uh, elastic stuff makes sense because then you can justify it you have you you you, you justify it with with the rest so this is where all the things collide is, is really at the commercial aspects of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually that makes me wonder why IPv6 isn't a factor in there as well. Because yeah, you're right, it's uh, decades old by now. That being said, my cable modem here in the hallway still doesn't do IPv6. So the deployment of the technology, even though the technology has been well thought out and probably is functional, and my Windows machine does have IPv6 local address and stuff like that, it's not something I can use because the interconnection, my, my switches I have here, I even have a managed switch, <laughs> forget that IPv6 a year ago, that wasn't included yet. So I was also thinking that, as you say, 5G is a reason to rethink your architecture, re-roll out things, you have to do different anyway, that that would still be a case today. But are you saying that IPv6 is already ingrained on the on the higher levels of the networking world that's already there so there's no reason to change anything anymore there it it's because you have a first world uh issue if if you go to asia uh ipv6 is is much much more deployed because mm-hmm. they have m- more people and much less ipv4 addresses mm-hmm. and to me the parallel is interesting uh with uh, vnf to uh, clone native 5g thing it's only when you really have no choices then moving that you have a massive movement um in 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 europe we have yeah we're running out of but we we still can manage to 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 play with ipv4 (laughs) Uh, by the way my modem has ipv6 natively Uh, (laughs) oh bragging So it's, it's the law of thermodynamics, yeah, right? A body in motion wants to stay in motion, a body in rest. Uh, just let me know. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> it's, a, it's a call to move to IPv6. Uh, it's, 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 it's not that hard. Uh, but it's uh, necessity, uh, necessity makes, makes things very different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when you really need uh, that much more uh, IP addresses. And and service provider expect to have all the IoT, all the uh, machine-to-machine uh, communication, etc., on their 5G networks. Uh, good luck achieving that with IPv4. Yep. Uh, it's, it's 10 billion of devices more than today. It's, it's enormous. So it, IPv6 is, is mandatory for that. Um, yeah, personally, I can't wait. <laughs> Plus, it, it really helps on the uh, the mobile aspect of it. Yeah. There is more and more mobile things, so it's it's also uh, where the necessity of those technology will, will come together. 
Yeah, IPv6 uh, also has this auto-discovery thing built in, right? Which IPv4 is totally static. IPv6 has more of a, let's take a part of the, the router and the part of the switch as my address just to discover where my place in the network yeah, well, is. And, and much much less natting and less of those things. Which, Are you saying uh, natting is bad? It, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, saying natting is bad. Uh, natting is very good uh, and very important. But um, hmm. it doesn't make things easier to uh, debug, to yeah. secure, to understand where the packets are going, uh, because it's it's yet another change switch of things. And if if you not two or three times, you end up having hard time figuring out what go, what's going on. Yeah, keeping it all working. I mean, if I could take away the masquerading rules on my tables, I would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it also helps on the security side. So mm -hmm. it, it, everything has 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 two has two aspects, good and bad. Yeah, it's it's one of those wonderful double-edged swords that you happily you'll happily stab yourself to death with <laughs> if you if you don't know what you're doing or if you accidentally set the wrong setting. Oh, I lose my fingers. Or, or, or did that happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's it's my sole reason to actually visit my server in the data center. I change something <laughs> innocuous, and I have no more connection. I have to physically go there. That's just the way I do vacation. Yeah, you go and go and stroke it and say hello, and you know, dust clean up the dust bunnies, and yeah. <laughs> so, if we've been talking about this. Um, Mostly from the perspective of the folks that are, you know, operating these networks or developing equipment for these networks and you know, now software for these networks, what what changes, you know, should users or end consumers expect from this? What what does all of this, you know, innovation um, at the network level mean for people that are, you know, just uh, like I was going to say like you and I, but maybe not like you, but maybe more like me, who are just, you know, consumers of these services and not kind of involved in the, in the creation of them. That brings memories of me 15 years ago when I was at, at HP developing uh, software that is used in the networks. It really at the core of the SS7 networks, things that nobody understands or no, or no. And, and trying to, you have to explain that to your grandma or regular <laughs> people who have no clue. And, and as, after a while, I realized that the network is magic. For, yep. you, you have a phone and you, 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 you connect to Dave and that's it. You don't have a clue what's going on in between you and Dave. Um, you don't want to know what's going on between me and Dave. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no clue which packets or routers or whatsoever it, it goes to. Uh, the, the rest inside that communication, I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but for most people, it just works. You connect to what you want to connect to. Um, and and it I also more and more uh, want to remind people and give kudos to those SDOs and standards uh, everyone is bragging about because that is probably the only thing that is uh, that is 
worldwide and international. Even your electric plugs need adapters. But you can call on the phone or through the internet anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and you can go there and with the same equipment, you can call back. Nothing like this works. The cars are different. The, the electric plugs are different. It, it doesn't come by accident. <laughs> so, yeah, it can be slow, but in, we, we have a pace of the worldwide experience moving together. So it's, it, it, it also has some benefits. But for, for end users and, cons- and consumers, uh, they will not see things directly. Uh, they will see uh, application providers, service providers, gaming uh, between two people with virtual reality and being able to exchange information almost real time or, or very, very, uh, with very, very low latency so that they can really see what the other people are seeing, etc. because we will be able to move the server of those gamings closer to them. Uh, so it, it's really the internals of the professionals of the networks uh, providers, mm. uh, but people will will um, will see the benefits when when someone providing them service will use those uh, technology to provide better services. That, that's probably where it comes from. That's why I that's why I use this analogy of the ma- the network is magic because you <laughs> yeah for for people you don't. You, you rely on it. You know you can call 911 anytime. Uh, again, it doesn't come by accident. And even if, it, if, it's, if there is an earthquake, you will be able to. It, it's a lot of work. <laughs> we, professionals, we know what's going on be, behind the scene. Uh, but that, it doesn't matter. We do magic. <laughs> Yeah. Earlier we talked about the fact that uh, telecom was traditionally a slow industry where things took time to get uh, get made and uh, rolled out. Uh, I'm thinking that that's probably one reason it was able to actually have a worldwide interconnecting it just works infrastructure because it was time to make sure everyone's on the same page you had your standards worked out and that all worked fine and as you said it's, it's magic. Now today, with uh, things like SDN and, and uh, NFV, things move a lot more flexible, more dynamic, more quickly, more. The pace is quickening. So they have to become less slow, I guess, in deploying stuff. Does that pose a risk to the stability? You're going to say no, of course, but. <laughs> 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 I'm assuming there's something that you guys have to keep in mind oh, no, when you're doing it, this it, stuff. It, oh, yeah. It, but it, it, it goes back to. Um, it goes back to uh, clone native or not. Uh, um, oh. you, have, you have one model. Uh, I, use, I usually use the analogy of uh, the Maya, the Maya constructions. The old people, Maya got ex- extinct, but their buildings are still there. Even <laughs> if there is massive earthquake, the buildings are uh-huh. yep. indestructible. That, that's the Nokia uh, 3310. Yep. You can't <laughs> destroy that thing. I still have it. <laughs> you still have it. So you, you build something compact, small, very resilient, doing one thing well. Good. Or you have more of a Japanese or even in, in the US where there is the tornadoes approach, where you build not so expensive houses with wood, 
you know that they, they're going to be destroyed, but you can rebuild them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the clonative approach is more like this. If you have yeah. a problem, you can redeploy a new version and fix things uh, very rapidly and all the time. It, it means you have an underlying infra to be able to do that. <laughs> because if you don't have roads and, uh, and the tools to rebuild, you can't do it. But um, it, it's, it's a fundamental difference in approach between mm-hmm. trying to f- build something indestructible, even if you die, still there, uh, <laughs> um, or, or something you can rapidly redeploy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, something it, like the um, there uh, is, cattle versus pets approach, right? It, exactly, yeah. but there is pros and cons in both cases, mm-hmm. uh, and but with great power can great responsibility. <laughs> so if you can deploy at a massive scale, you can do massive screw ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yeah, and it happens, uh, and yep. it happens. Uh, you, you, I, I, you, you can list every other month. Uh, major uh, uh, entire country being uh, disconnected from the internet. Yeah, and that doesn't even have to be a screw-up because we've got some grand wizards out there, China, Russia, who are intentionally crippling things like network connectivity to, to isolate their country from the rest of the world. So even if technology does work perfectly, you still well, have uh, that to, to, to deal with. But uh, yeah, in, in that case, it was uh, it, it was done by them to them, mm-hmm. uh, I was mentioning the other way around, where <laughs> someone disconnects your country from the internet <laughs> on purpose. That's who, a very different story. Do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 usually the cleaner, you know, unplugging <laughs> that uh, the vacuum, that yeah. cable. Put yeah, the yeah. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> so we've. We've covered we've covered quite a lot of a lot of ground, and something that I heard kind of now and again from you was was um, like a sentiment that perhaps some people were you know dissatisfied with with how progress has been, or maybe were disillusioned that they they thought you know this revolution was going to be you know far faster. But I guess one of my questions is you know. How how far have we come? You know what's coming next. Is there a is there an end in sight for this, or is this going to be one of those one of those things that will just be continually evolving? The essence of having a clone native uh, infra or network is is to have something built from for the unknowns and 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 continuous ev- uh, evolvement. So I hope we get it. Uh, um, because that that's that's the sole purpose of it. If yep. if you end up having, and I've seen that several times, uh, ima- imagine you do a cloud with a marketplace with only one product. It's, I, I call it the marketplace of one. <laughs> um, you set yourself on an enormous, gigantic machinery, super complex to operate to do exactly the same thing as you've been done uh, uh, as as you did before so it's it's usually a recipe for failure because your cost explode and your revenue don't so uh, you you re- those things really really need to uh, 
grab the benefits of being able to change things all the time, embrace change, adapt to customers' demands, etc. This, this is this is how the clouds make their success: is is radical customer um, focus and customer uh, response. So that's that that's what it it's all about. Uh, otherwise, you you just uh, do complexity for profit. Uh, but that's uh, that doesn't end well <laughs> usually. So uh, yeah, I, I really hope it it goes in that direction. And there is a lot of commonalities with security because we we the hackers never sleep and they create new things all the time. So in security, we are used to that. We, we build things for the unknowns and 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 try to keep up uh, with uh, what's coming our way. Um, and and one little mistake can uh, can destroy everything. So yeah, that's it's important also to be very uh, pragmatic, consistent. Uh, uh, check your assumptions and, and and validate doing doing the things right all the time. And but that's that's not necessarily what uh, people assuming or buying on marketing promise uh, really really do. And and it's delusion. But if you do it, if you actually embrace those things and do it, you get the benefits. Then, then you you don't have delusions. You know exactly what you're doing, and and you get the benefit. There is real benefits to get doing it uh, for everyone. For if if you better serve your end customers, uh, good things happen all the time. It's it's pretty simple. You don't need an MBA for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or, or you probably don't need an MBA, uh, but yeah. um, it—it's where it goes. But because of that complexity, the service providers are well placed to uh, start thinking of providing new services, and I see that a lot in in what I do. And one of the services can can be security, uh, securing uh, clouds. Um, just, just securing an SMB access to uh, a public cloud and a SaaS uh, functions for mail and uh, documents, for example, uh, is quite a complex task. But it's the same for many, 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 many different uh, companies. So a service provider is well-placed to embrace that complexity because of automation it can then reduce the cost and make it better at the end for everyone uh, to to many different companies. And this is a good intro to my work at one of those famous SDOs called MEF, mm -hmm. uh, where and we move to uh, the, the 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 spec is coming up this year. Uh, it's called MEF eighty eight. It's basically it it it's defining security as a service. So it's application protection in SD1, because we really focus on the SD1. We didn't talk about that yet. Uh, which is one of the child of that SDN uh, revolution. And, and mm. SDN and AV revolution is also the SD1. So it's, it's a way to have a standard way to describe what security provided by an operator to someone looks like. Having a common language for it I know acronyms or that is boring sometimes, but it's, it, 
it's also when you don't have it, you you see the value. Uh, and when you don't have it, you start to have people talking about dif- with the same terms about different things, and then and then they end up in a fight. So it's it's important to uh, to have those common grounds and common understanding of. People. So I think where we've landed, it seems to be that this is. This is something that for those people that are, you know, in this world or looking to get into this world, um, it's a really exciting time. It's it's a time where, you know, really the the revolution is is arriving um to, to a lot of these um you know, traditionally more slower moving areas of, of you know the, the telco industry. Um and it's you know embracing cloud native and Kubernetes, Docker, and uh, you know network function virtualization, software defined networking, and all these um, all these concepts is is really going to to change things very considerably. But I think for for a lot of other people who are you know outside looking in. Um, all they're going to see is, you know, rollouts of, of new technology, new features to them. And, you know, to your earlier point, magic will have happened in the background. And, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a nice, uh, you know, that's a nice way to, for us to wind this up. The immediate benefits is, is, is the time. So the, yeah. the expectation, the, the very, just to have the same thing as you had before. And uh, I, I mentioned MEF. MEF is, is, is the organization which defines what we call carrier Ethernet, which is used mm. by companies to connect across the world. And more companies are worldwide. Um, if you have a common way to define what a connectivity between your uh, headquarter and, and your branches looks like cross countries, and instead of needing six months to get things set up and, and many different facts and letters and whatever, uh, you just click, I want this in a portal and get it next day. I, I'm forward thinking it's probably the next week. But uh, <laughs> it already makes a difference because you, you, you can really get your, you, you just remove the hassle out of the way. Um, any Dave, you remember the early days of clouds? It was the same thing. It was just the same. At the end, you receive a VM and a network and a storage, like you did in your data centers with uh, VMware. What What's the big deal? The big deal was it was two clicks in the portal and a credit card <laughs> instead of. Uh, <laughs> A, POT, a, a requisition to the network guys, another requisition to the system guys, another requisition to the storage guy, and uh, and and you had to sync up all those teams for by by yourself as the non IT people to get your uh, service up. That is already and that shows a, a massive difference. So sometimes things that doesn't look like so important or so uh, dramatically changing things actually do. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for your time, Nicholas. Really appreciate it. It's been great, uh, great catching up again. Always. And, you know, 
great to uh, to explore this wonderful, mysterious world of uh, of network function virtualization and software-defined networking with you. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And a call to actions to your audience, especially the realm in log analytics in operations. Uh, yeah. There is a lot to be done there. Uh, I'm, I've no incentive at all. I just know that there is a lot to be done there, a lot to be done better. So uh, have a look. There is uh, there is nice things uh, that can uh, happen. There we go. So if you're if you're interested in massive scale logging and analytics challenges, then uh, yeah. Get in touch with your 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 nearest telco and uh, express that uh, maybe you can help. I would love that. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks very much, Nicholas. Really appreciate your time. And there we go. I hope your everything that you ever wanted to know about NFV and SDN, uh, but were afraid to ask, has all been answered. Uh, if there's any more you'd like to know, let us know and we can, uh, I'm sure, get Nicholas back. But, uh, yeah, really massive thanks to Nicholas for taking the time out of his busy schedule to uh, to spend time to talk to us, ask, answer some of our questions and, uh, yeah, give us lots and lots of insight into uh, what all of these things mean. Definitely. So with that, unless you have anything else, Jan? I'm all good. I'm still waiting for my chocolates. Yeah, not happening. Um, So that is, therefore, all the time we have for today. You can support this podcast by becoming a patron. Every contribution helps. We're also on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all of the YouTube things. You know how it works. Please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and also for any more information about the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter using the Hadoopcast tag and you can send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then, darling. Oh.